With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are here on The Small Council podcast to talk about season six. Episode 9, The Battle of the Bastards. And we have a great lineup this evening along with myself. We have DJ Tim Hines and our great friend Matt coming in from Podcast Winterfell to pay us a visit. So we're going to have a great episode. Donald, uh, Mike, and who's the other guy we pod? Oh, Heath. Yeah, Donald, Mike, and Heath are going to return in the feedback pod later this week to get us ready and prepped for the finale, but we are here now. And just a reminder, you can reach us on Twitter at small council pod, or you can email us small council pod at gmail.com. But, uh, without any further ado, let's get into it. In my opinion, maybe the best episode ever, even if only, even if only the Danny stuff was the episode, I would have said maybe Definitely best use of the dragons ever, and the CGI I thought was flawless. I was blown away. I thought this the battles were better than stuff you see in, like, huge blockbuster films. I mean, I don't know what the budget for this episode was, but they're probably broke now. I just thought it was amazing. Tim, let me throw it over to you, then we'll hear what Matt has to say, just your general impressions of the episode. Yeah, I mean, before... Another rewatch, I I immediately, right after, jumped this up to fighting the one-two spot. I mean, th- this this episode had everything that I could have wanted. It had strategy. It had answers. It had mystery. It had, uh, like, uh, the battles were amazing. The layouts, the, the, the scenery, the, everything was just perfect in this episode it was like the complete like entertainment episode i've seen so far and it just tied together so many things we got a lot of payoff and satisfaction you know for some bad guys and some you know play uh you know slavers the masters the marine stuff was just i i was not expecting that whatsoever i was expecting heavy duty north stuff and to have that in there maybe like like giddy like a kid like that was just like top notch yeah i love love this episode matt i first i gotta say you know just talking to you guys on a sunday night after game of thrones is like icing on the cake for me to what was already a fantastic episode i mean i am not an action guy i i really liked Blackwater in season two because of the emotional beats in it. And there's been lots of great battles since then. Um, some seen, some not seen. Uh, but I felt like that this episode, and, and 
I know people might complain that there are some some things that are just seem to be pulled from other movies or other story beats about a battle. Hard to do battles, man. But this one had just the right pace of emotional beats within the battle, the, both of the battles themselves that just uh, kept me totally engaged as a non-action guy, kept me totally engaged. Uh, and I just loved every minute of it, e- even stuff that was kind of expected or stuff that kind of came out uh, – you know, uh, maybe a little bit too predictably. Uh, I still, I felt greatly satisfied with this episode. Not my favorite of the season. I still like the door better than this one. Uh, but I think it'd be my second favorite of the season now. Awesome. I can understand that. It's a different kind of feeling, you know, and, um, the door gave us something that a, a lot of game of Thrones episodes don't give us, which is that real, deep emotional kind of gut-wrenching feeling whereas this one man i talked to my wife after it was done and i was like i had like four panic attacks during that episode i was like i was having like hot flashes or something i don't know what was going on i was getting like cold and then i was like oh my god i gotta sit up i gotta sit down i was just nervous i thought uh just fantastic um but yeah the door was fantastic and you know what in the end, you can rank, but I'll say this. They pulled this off. They're, they're, I don't see how you could complain about the production values of what they accomplished with this episode. And that alone, I thought, was striking. You know, if I was an animator or a director on, like, the Marvel movies or even Star Wars movies, and I saw this, I would kind of be like, all right, we need to hire every single person who worked on that show because they did an amazing job. It was just fantastic. So let's get into the first part, which were kind of, I don't know if they were maybe a little bit trying to trick us with where we were going to start, you know? Um, but we see pretty soon that we're in Marine and we're seeing this siege. And um, I was kind of worried about this up until the point when Tyrion kind of turned the tables on what Danny was saying and kind of was saying to her, you can't just conquer everything. Like you have to. And I just thought that the fact that he kept on trying after this kind of, I guess, failure was really just kind of motivated the rest of that and their confidence just build. It was just, re- I, I don't know. I, I, I was into this Marine stuff and that politics and the confidence that they showed. I really think they pulled it off. How did you feel about it, Matt? Well, I have to echo that uh, exactly. I mean, first of all, what you said right before we started talking about Marine, the production value of this episode was incredible. I, I, you know, on a, on a TV screen, um, nothing looked bad. Uh, I know that this was being aired simultaneously in L.A. on a big screen, and I don't know how it looked up there, but... Uh, I think that maybe uh, this was the the best visual effects that they've ever done. And, and this episode, I, I know for a fact, has been submitted for more Emmy considerations to be nominated than any other episode they put out this season. So, uh, you know, they obviously had a lot, a lot of faith in what was going to happen in that. And as far as what happened with Tyrion and everything, I didn't really look at Tyrion trying to make peace with the slavers or trying to negotiate a peace with the slaver as a failure um, but obviously it, it, you know, the slavers, it did buy enough time for Danny to get back. So in that way it was a True. success, but most in every other way, it was kind of a failure. I will admit now, um, 
the thing that really got me though was that Danny listened to Tyrion. Mm. Um, because Danny's always kind of been my way or the highway. And, and yeah. it wasn't until Tyrion arrived even last year that she started to listen to him a little bit. Um, and obviously, uh, now that she's back, she listened to him. I love the similarities of the battle itself between, uh, you know, with the, with Drogon and his other two little siblings, uh, acting kind of like the wildfire on the ships and, and the Dothraki acting like Tywin's army coming in. Um, I, you know, if, if Tyrion says, let me make a suggestion, <laughs> of course he's going to draw from the one battle that he technically won the battle of Blackwater. And it worked out perfectly. Um, and I love that Danny listened to him, not just during the, about the battle plan, but also for the fact that, you know, she was helping him or he was helping her with Asha or pardon me, Yara and Theon later on. So I, I thought that the, the real growth in this episode uh, was for Danny. I, I, you know, the, the Winterfell stuff was great, but the, the growth in this episode was for Danny. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great, and it really was so, you know, I was, uh, she came back there, but I guess, I guess what I'm trying, uh, I'm pinpointing is she did grow. It seemed rather quick. I like that she was willing to listen to Tyrion, but it still bothers me that she can so quickly go back and forth between let's burn it all and rape them all and kill them all to I want to free everyone. I just don't know. Do you feel, Matt, do you think that this is the end of that question? Because yeah. it does seem like they were toying, and a lot of people have been talking about Danny as the as the anti-hero, as the bad person in this story, uh, that kind of theory. They And it seemed like they were toying with it. You think that this was kind of saying to us, no, look, that's over. Because even when she spoke to Theon and Yara, she was like, You're, no more raping, no more reaving, you know? Mm -hmm. So a uh, little shoehorning it, a little quick for me, because she still does go back and forth. And mm -hmm. there wasn't a Dario to say, whisper into her ear, like, just fucking kill him. Uh, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I think that you bring up a good point, and I think the whole point of Daenerys, especially as far as the show has gone, has to emphasize that whole coin flip thing. You know, that's what that's, we've been hearing about Targaryens ever since season one. Flip a coin, one, and they may be mad or they may be not. Um, and I don't think that Danny's done with this issue yet. I think it's part of her ge genetics. So uh, I, I honestly believe that, you know, there will be times where Tyrion will really have to rein her in, continue to rein her in. Uh, but I think that as a person who respects human life for the most part, especially the downtrodden, remember back, was it back last season or whatever? Uh, she said, I'm going to break the wheel, right? That whole speech yeah. there. Um, and, and that ha has both connotations of the coin flip in it. It sounds a little mad to, to I'm going to destroy all of these main houses and just raise the common people up. It has a good cause. But, you know, the methodology may be weird. And so I can see how you can feel like it It seemed a little bit too much one way or too much the other. I still, you know, until Danny gets to be on the throne and can show that she's magnanimous, if that's what happens, then I'm just going to, you know, keep flipping the coin and see what happens next. DJ. Oh, that you guys, you guys hit it, hit it hard there. I like that. That was good stuff. This, this whole thing. 
like I said before, was a surprise to me. And to see it, I, I, I was blown away. And it has so many little tidbits. There's like four su- surprises. There's a couple reveals. There's a couple things that get confirmed. So, you know, I'm going to start with, with Tyrion. I was super impressed with his acting because I was almost like I felt his worry because he skated around like the way he told her what what his plan and what he did was. And it was almost like she was going to snap. And he he like kind of was ready to get on the defensive and like apologize. You could tell he was like real nervous. And then he gained his confidence and just when she like showed interest in that story about her father, it, it, it was, it just changed everything. And I think that made Tyrion more confident. And then, you know, he questioned, Oh, you have a plan. And then, you know, it cuts and everything, but that whole thing was to me like um, unbelievably acted by Tyrion. And within that, we got another reveal that, you know, not a reveal, but, we know that Tyrion also knows about the wildfire, which now they're almost too much foreshadowing it down our throats that it's there. So, you know, this is, a, 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 you know, for me, a few too many mentions of it. But Tyrion also knows, and now they're talking about it again. So, you know, that's out there. And I, I've been saying that for a while, that that's going to play a part probably in the next episode or the first episode of the following season. But then, then you know, the scene moves on and we, and we, you know, have a couple other things. The fact that Yara and Theon showed up, I was like, see Theon's face. And I was like, Holy cow. Like I wasn't expecting that. And, and the fact that they like held court, Yara was flirting with Danny and Danny, like kind of picked up on it was, that was kind of like fun and like added a little bit of like humor to what we know about, you know, what goes on. You know, and then, the, then like, you know, it got straight again. Like, that was funny. And then it, and it got straight with Danny's commands and the deal they made to, to you know, they're going to swear. I guess the, the, the way it seemed to me that they're not going to make her the queen of Iron Islands. They'll, they'll still be part of the kingdom. And, and they'll, you know, or, you know, at least that's what I, I thought she said. Respect the seven kingdoms. So, mm-hmm. you know, but even, even if that all works out, like, that's a good ally. I got also out of this scene, I got more numbers talking about how many ships, uh, you know, are in the fleets. I like numbers hearing about that stuff because that all makes sense to me. (laughs) Hey, Tim, if I could just say real quick, I thought that Tyrion had said to Danny, you can't ask, you can't, you'll have nothing to rule over if you give all the seven kingdoms away or something. And she said, they'll each have their chance to decide. Yeah, I Matt, but but Matt's then correct. she flipped that around at the end. No, she didn't. She she's basically said, "I am." She basically said, "You're going to swear to me that I'm the queen of all the seven kingdoms, but you're going to be able to kind of be independent." So I think what what she's moving towards is like statehood, you know, or kind of a I'm not. I don't know enough about politics to say what exact type of government it would be, but where she, yes, she is kind of the queen of everything and you don't fuck with her, but she'll kind of, as long as you follow the basic rules of decency, you know, no slavery, raping, reaving, attacking other people, then she'll let you make up like respect your own customs. It's, you know, I think it's kind of like showing how 
She's going to come out. She's going to be like a Roman leader where she's going to say, you join with us, but you can still speak your language and respect your customs. I'm not going to force things on you. Yeah, I could see maybe maybe it's also buying time till she she figures out her system of government. Well, buying time until she figures out that the fucking White Walkers are coming. You know, I mean, like that's (laughs) that's well, I I even took it a step further in my interpretation of it, Axel. I I was kind of like, yes, the Iron Islands will be. Uh, uh, independent of the seven kingdoms, if you wish, but uh, know that any raving or reaving or anything you do on the mainland of Westeros will result in us coming and getting you. That's kind of the way oh, I read okay. it. I, I, I don't know because what Yara said, her response was, but that is our way of life. And but then, then she, she said, said, okay, go ahead, Tim. But she accepted it after that. Then like she said, no, oh, she didn't. Oh. She said not anymore. Well, that they'll do it no more. Yeah. Yeah. That means they'll not rave or reap no more. Yeah. Nowhere. Not just Westeros, not just the Seven Kingdoms. She's trying. I think that she is going for like worldwide conquest here. She wants to not only rule the Seven Kingdoms there, but I think rule Essos and just abolish slavery. And like she was trying to say to Theon, we're seeing like the dawn of her new kind of personality. Like Matt was saying, you know, she's growing very quickly in this episode to realize just like the conversation she had with Dario, she can't be a conqueror. If, if that is what she is, then the only result of that is her laying waste to everyone. And that's not what she wants. Now she's saying, we're going to live free. We're going to, we're not going to be like our fathers. We're going to be a new dawn. What we've all been talking about, how this show is about the handing down Letting that those old customs, what they really did was allow them to hide and allow them to hide their true selves. And now Danny's saying, I'm going to be my true self. I will massacre you if you cross me. But if you don't and you live peacefully with me, we'll all live peacefully and I'll protect you as well. That's the feeling I got that she that's she's kind of like she's got a new stump speech, you know. And that okay. stump speech isn't I'm the I'm this, that, the breaker of chains or whatever. No, we're just let's everybody work together and make a new day, not like our fathers, where there's freedom and justice and liberty for all. And but I got the dragons. We'll yeah, see. That, that so, was another nice thing about the episode. Actually, it was it was a whole uh, n- another another tri- bad tribute to fathers on Father's Day because yeah. didn't like Tyrion kill uh, Tywin on Father's Day a couple of years ago? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody said too. Um, what wasn't the uh, fake Brandon Ricken burned on Mother's Day? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, I that was at Black Eyed Lily. I think that tweeted yeah, that. There you go. But um, yeah, I mean, whichever the specificities of it, whichever way, I think we can all agree that they are kind of setting Danny. I I think that that is kind of going back and forth, and they're you know trying to give her a little bit of a new vibe here. You know, and I think it's interesting that um, Dario wasn't there. Well, but how awesome was that? They, nor, were, he, nor were I'm sorry, but nor were um, uh, Masande and Grey Worm. It was just Tyrion oh, during that speech. Yeah, no, with her conversation with Theon. With, and, right, with, with, that's what I meant with Theon and Yara. But yeah, but it kind of I, I took it as like now she's delegating because they're doing other things. They she let Dario lead the Dothraki, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. And he and and they just yeah. took out those harpies. That was that was such a great 
satisfaction moment. I loved it. Totally agree, Tim. I mean, uh, it was, he got, we, we, the first, the first gross shot we got the whole episode was Dario sweeping down off that horse. And it reminded me a lot of uh, being in front of the gates of Marine when they first came there and him doing uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. I thought the whole, the, 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 I was surprised though. I have to say, I really did think, I think someone had written in on them. We had talked about in the feedback podcast and other people had said, I was surprised that um, Theon and Yara didn't come up from behind, but that leaves those ships still available. And I think that that was cool. The way that once the dragons started fighting, the other people were just like, all right, we're going to die. Like the people on the boats figured it out before the people up top, you know, before like Grey Worm had to kind of like tell him like, turn around, dude, you notice what's happening here? And then they were all just like, goodbye. And then maybe they get those soldiers too. That's even more, you know? Yeah, I honestly, I had thought that Theon and Yara were going to kind of come in and help with the ships and that might help win Danny's trust. Uh, I, I know that I, that was one of my inclinations all week, but, uh, whenever we were going to see this, gotta say, um, until just recently, I didn't expect to see anything except Winterfell though. Yeah. The way they, they, you know, trailered this episode, it looked like it was going to just be serious battle. And, you know, the way we know episode eights, it didn't seem like any of that. And, and that was, I, I liked it because I, I've been, you know, I've been talking about, kind of moving the story along this season, cleaning things up, getting rid of some, you know, trimming the fat. And that this, to me, that's what all that was. And I'm glad to see that. Even though like you, you could nitpick the hell out of it and say, well, how did they get on there when the bay was all filled with, you know, these guys and these other ships, you can get real technical, but I just bought into it and I, I was feeling it. Everything, it just flowed right. It was the right timing. Yeah. And totally. you know, um, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something, Matt? Oh, I was just going to say I totally agree with Tim. You know, I, I saw a lot of a lot of nitpicking going on to, uh, during the tweeting, uh, during the, the airing of the episode. And I was just kind of like, so what, man? Enjoy it. <laughs> That's weird coming from the guy who, you know, used to complain about tomatoes, where the tomatoes come from on the Lost <laughs> Island. But I was really just kind of like, you know, you're missing the great emotional beats because you're worried about where such and such came from. Yeah, yeah, I, we're, yeah we're getting there. Like, yeah. you know, give it a little bit. Well, you know. I did have a conversation with my wife after and I was kind of had, you know, that little Donald that sits on my shoulder whenever I like something. (laughs) Um, And the little Donald was whispering in my ear, kind of like, couldn't have they done this with Danny like two seasons ago? (laughs) Like she kind of, it took a, it took a while to get here. Um, But uh, Matt, I agree with you. I was satisfied. First of all, I can never live tweet anything that first time I'm watching. I got to watch the show, but, um, I was, I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. You, of course you could dip pick things, but I thought the CGI was great too. When she climbed up on the dragon, it looked great. When they were shooting the fire, it looked great. The, the boat exploding. I mean, everything just looked really good to me. Maybe upon a second watch, I might pick up some matting and stuff, but I thought that they did a fantastic job and I, I liked the change in Danny. Was it quick? Yes. I think it was very quick. But if you look back through the season, you can kind of see this is a culmination of that idea of how she can be a ruler. Because just conquering everybody is not an answer. You right. know? So, I, Go ahead. 
And I don't think it – I mean, I take it as it wasn't that quick. Like, you know, it seemed like it because we got a lot this, this season. But, you know, who know? you know, like we said, time is always distorted in this show. So it might have been – taken a while to move with that Dothraki horde and you know that just the True. you know that other stuff just we only saw the main events that were happening I think right. I think you know she had a lot of time to think and once she got the confidence that just kicked her into full gear I I think I'm, I'm just saying that when you add it all up it worked that's now let's let's see this um what do you think is next for Danny? Do you all think, Matt, do you think we're going to see her again this season? Is this it? Where does this take us next? Wow. There, there is so much story of, of the other stories left to tell that I, I almost wonder if that is the last we're going to see of Danny. Um, I, next week's episode is like 70 minutes or something like that. So I, I'm not going to rule it out. But I, I think this would be a good place to leave her season if we wanted to. Uh, I also think that, uh, man, uh, the next time, I, I don't know. I mean, she's got to get a couple more ships maybe, but uh, she seems just about ready to go. She's going to maybe clean up a little bit of Slaver's Bay and, and uh, hopefully the race on, is on to Westeros because I really feel like the season finale cliffhanger is going to be the White Walkers at the wall. Um, but that's just me. Well, so... Do you think that, um, okay. Yeah. So I guess I, I kind of, I don't think we're going to see Danny again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I they got that. too much. I mean, I think, you know, we could get an, are you going to SO shot like with Danny on a boat, you know, um, just kind of pulling out, but I don't think they need to do that. Cause I think they need to settle up what's happened. Yeah. Um, and it, they need to take some time to do that and do it properly. So I would actually prefer that that's the last we see of Danny for this season. How about you, DJ? Uh, I agree. I, I don't think we need to see Danny, but I think we're going to see something where she's like sitting back, like almost in the throne kind of thing over there and setting the pieces in motion, maybe sending the fleet with Yara and Theon's fleet to go, get more ships from her uncle What when they maybe, you know, sneak up on them and take more, uh, you know, just to bring them back. Cause now if she does say have all these other ships from the slavers, there's a lot of like crewmates already on there. So they still need empty ships and, and the Greyjoys still have a lot of like people with them. So maybe they do like a ferry transport to like somewhere, but she's going to, it's not, we're not going to see it. She's going to set it up. That's the way I feel. But uh, you bring up something good, man. I'm sorry, but I was just thinking that's like now. Now, what is Danny going to spend two seasons on the Iron Islands? <laughs> like, no, 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 like, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> she gets there, and then Urin is like, "Hey, let's do." And then, oh no, something else happens, and then you know, and then the next thing you know, we're at episode like six of next season, and Danny finally is like. Hey, uh, what's over there? Oh, it's Westeros. Hey guys, let's, let's do it. You know, but I don't know. I, I would be fine with that. If we got a like a scene, a full on scene of her and Yara going at it. All right. Well, I, we may get that. And I, again, I think that that would be pretty cool. I don't see any reason why it couldn't happen. It's been in the show with her before. Um, and 
I think it was awesome the way Yara was flirting with her and Danny was Danny, I don't know, she was kind of like looking down a little bit, you know, and the when she said he's going to offer you his dick and marry and then Danny was like, "And what do you offer me?" And then her answer is kind of like, "Well, I'm just offering this, but if you want to do something else, I'm down." You know, and I thought that was great. The way they wrote that was really great, and my wife was sitting there and after that happened, like the women getting together and then with, we'll talk about with Sansa, just reminding that, you know, there is a lot throughout this season and in this episode of women kind of turning over uh, this patriarchy that is totally runs this whole world, you know? And and with super confidence, they all have like, like really strong, strong uh, attitudes, which is awesome. Yeah, she was happy about that. Um, anything else about uh, the Danny stuff? You guys want to move on to the big uh, battle at Winterfell? Any last words, DJ? No, I'm 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 satisfied. I'm really and happy. Cool. So, Matt. Yeah, love love the Marine stuff. Uh, wasn't expecting it, and felt like uh, it was a perfect match for the rest of the episode. It, it made everything better. Fantastic. So let's talk about it. Uh, this was just crazy, man. I was at the edge of my seat. The whole strategy talk and then seeing what Ramsey did by killing his own men to form that wall. It was just insane. The whole and just John going crazy. The blood oh, it was sick. It was amazing. It was a spectacle. I don't know. I can't even start. Matt, please pick something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start either. Um, I, 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 my instinct is to go to the end and not Sansa, but just John beating the crap out of Ramsey. I was just, that was so intense. Um, but uh, let's go here first. Let, let's, let's talk pri- prior to the battle where Davos is all nervous and everything. And, and he finds the pyre where Shireen was burned. Uh, this brings that whole thing way more into the forefront because now I worry, you know, it made me actually worry a little less for Davos when he didn't confront Melisandre before the battle. You know, I thought, well, Davos has to survive in order to, you know, in order to confront Melisandre about this. Uh, And we got that at the end of the episode where, you know, he's just kind of standing there staring at her and everything. And I don't know what's going to happen with that guys. Um, It could go either way. To me, it, it just feels like, you know, this could be the end for Melisandre or somehow this could be the end for Davos. I have a thought on that. Um, Excellent. If if Davos was to confront her and want and I don't know, want to kill her or just or I, I just feel like with this whole setup of. Now both sides, you know, John has his red priestess. Now Danny has hers. I just see a conflict brewing similar to how Varys wasn't into sorcerers. And we still don't know how Danny's going to react to that part of Tyrion's plan. Right. Um, that if, if Melisandre gets, if John either kills her or Davos kills her, or they hang her or they make a judgment against her for what she did to Shireen. Um, because you see, John has basically said to her, 
don't raise me again, which is effectively a way of saying to her, like, you can leave now. Like, she has no purpose to them anymore, it seems, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. her purpose was going to be to be around to revive John. But if he's like, I don't want that, then what do they need her? So I could just see that, I could just see this developing as a subplot to maybe potentially down the road, a schism between John and Danny. And this is way down there, so maybe I'm looking too far ahead. But, um... That an act like that, if they kill Melisandre, um, you know, I don't know. Just a thought. Interesting. Well, I mean, I was kind of, like, curious about that whole scene, too, because with John and Melisandre, like, when he said, don't bring me back, and she said, you know, it's not my control, like, he almost looked like he was interested in the religion, but, like, maybe, maybe not. So... I love the way they set this up because it could all go either way. Davos could easily go because he's becoming a complete fan favorite of the show since, I mean, the beginning, but Mm -hmm. now he's just stepped up to another level. So to kill him would be like, you know, another super shocker, but also her, you know, to do something weird with he confronts her in her old state. Like we could find out information with this whole thing. And I love that he found out. I've been waiting so long for him to find out. And I was curious who the hell was going to tell him, like how we're going to bring that up. And that whole thing was just like masterful. Like he gave a whole thing with Tormund. He, you know, the whole thing with John, when they were, they were planning everything talks to Tormund about how he gets nervous and he's going to go for a walk. He goes for a walk finds that pyre and it's it's it was like it just went so well that it didn't i mean it didn't need to like you didn't need to have words with that we knew exactly what he was thinking we knew exactly what was there it, it was it was really beautiful the whole davos thing you know I, I they did it they did it perfectly what do you see where do you see this going matt wow uh well i tell you what uh I like you. You pointed out something that just makes me wonder because you said, you know, what use is Melisandre now? I mean, she admitted to John basically that she has no powers other than you know whatever God gives it to gives to her. Um, will John find that being value enough that if Davos brings this to John, that he won't just either banish her from the camp or execute her or something like that? I, I, it. The other thing, it, as far as John telling Melisandre not to bring him back. I really just found that to be kind of a TV convention to try and make the stakes for John real. Um, it, that's kind of the way that I felt about it when, it when I watched it. Now, maybe if I rewatch it and examine it a little more closely, like Tim was pointing out some some expressions that John made that I was probably sitting too far away from my television set to see. So, uh, but at the time I just saw it as a television television convention to just make the stakes for John seem much more real than because it's just like, oh, well, just bring him back. You don't kill a you don't kill a character, and then bring him back to have him die again, you know. Uh, and so that made that seem a little more real to me. But uh, as far as where Davos and Melisandre goes, I, I really think that this would, you know, Davos has kept us cool. He he'd said to Melisandre, "What's in the past is in the past." Um, but this is the one thing that I think could really set Davos off. And that might either put him at odds with John, if John does take Melisandre's side, or it might put him at odds with Melisandre. 
um, to either Melisandre's detriment or his own. Again, just like I said. And as far as anything else, I, I, it's just, you know, I, I'm clueless as to, you know, what kind of alliance. I'd love, you know, if you have Beric Dondarrion show up and he's also been mm-hmm. brought up, you know, then you have <laughs> you have two dead guys leading a, a, an army against the White Walkers uh, against an army of dead. So it's kind of weird. I, I just, um, I have no idea where it's all going to go. And I can't even think as far down the line as you do, Axel. That's that's way too long term for me. I don't even know that Danny and John are even going to talk until after the whole battle of uh, of the White Walkers is over, whenever that comes. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, hey, we could go down an even longer path with that one. Um, but I, I, you know... I just I I can see what you're saying about that scene, Matt. Um, raising the stakes for the battle, and I but I found it different from what Tim said. I thought John was kind of giving her a look like, "Lady, whatever, like your red god or whatever." Like, look, I know I'm back alive, but I don't think you're right. I just feel like mm-hmm. I just feel like John is even even though he's been raised from the dead is just too pragmatic like he just i i don't know i just think yeah, but, by this point at least but what about that coupled with after the results of the battle he might start questioning maybe that something to do with it well, you know that, you, don't, you, you don't know they they leave it open well, let me I, ask you okay let me ask you both a question cuz tim i think you bring up a good point do you did you feel like they were purposefully showing John have a hail of arrows fall everywhere, but on him like three different times. Well, I, I counted like five times that he was almost killed and something miraculous happened. Yeah. It was a little, were they, but I don't it, know. Well, but see the, I took it. I started thinking like, Holy crap. They're just doing like, tv like nonsense like getting you know ways out of things but then i thought at at the end there could have been like a protector like he had something that was he was able to to get out because that getting trampled like that 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 was crazy enough like i don't know how he even got up from that but there's there was one scene when uh he was about to get swung at and then the horse just comes in and kills the guy Mm -hmm. uh Tormund saved him at one point, uh, but, and and the, all that stuff, like uh, you know, and even when the army came, when the arrows were there, that they, you know, after the arrows, they they sent in the, the the troops, and then they led the troops from the back, from the north side, and just as John felt he was about to strike and maybe get killed, they come in with their horses. So there could have been something that he might click with thinking there was a higher power it could have all been just amazing you know battle stuff it could have just been coincidence i mean it it left me like pondering that that it could go either way and i loved it but with with the arrows it it was kind of crazy how he didn't get hit that was a lot of arrows yeah yeah matt what did you think are we crazy no i i think and i don't know if it I honestly couldn't tell you if it was on purpose or not, but I definitely got the same impression that John had way too many near misses for it to be coincidence. Um, and especially that shot, Tim, that you pointed out about the, the, the guy, there was one guy coming in on a horse that he had his back to that was just going to take his head off. And all of a sudden another horse smashes into that guy. 
or, or maybe it was standing. I don't remember, but I do remember that horse. Uh, yeah, it was like a train. Boom. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and and those shots, all of those shots were so beautifully done. I mean, you felt you felt like you were just in the middle of it. And yeah. some of it you could tell was maybe a little bit matted or, 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 you know, done stuff added to the scene in or afterwards, especially in a little bit closer proximity to him than I would have liked. But that almost kind of adds to the effect of is something else going on here? You know? Well, <laughs> so I, and, I don't, maybe that was intentional. I don't know. And the way he was walking around, like usually when you see stuff like this, you see like this guy super confident and he's just bashing everybody. John was actually like, looked a little nervous at times, like, 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 holy crap. Like I got to keep moving. And, and I mean, he was kicking ass and, and he was fighting amazingly, but he was also really cautious and it, it was i i really noticed it well i hope that i can now i hear my little donald talking to me again saying you just wanted to see that axel because you said that remember we were talking about the trailer and i was like it looked all mystical that something uh, magical was going to happen with john i don't know man i don't know man i don't think you guys are on the wrong path i, I don't i don't think it's bad to to make that kind of call now whether it's the actuality yeah. of it or not is another uh, thing but uh, i i i you know, I did not come in with those kind of conceived notions. I didn't see the trailer really um, because I wasn't watching the show yet. So uh, when I saw this, I, I got the I got a distinct same impression. And Axel, what you brought up earlier about uh, John kind of blowing Melisandre off, I love that because unfortunately, sometimes George um, or Dave and Dan uh, both fall into some tropic things typically they're not tropic but there are some tropes in the song of ice and fire and in this show um and that fits the reluctant hero thing perfectly Mm -hmm. right definitely yeah that's a great great call yeah well i guess we'll see but I'm, i'm interested anybody listening tweeted us email whatever we'll go on twitter and talk about it but i'm very interested in if other people caught that you know because yeah. um, we're all sitting here and thinking it. And to me, it was the arrows thing. It was like they were going out of their way every time the arrows fell to show that John would like duck down and all these arrows would fall all around him. And then he'd get up and fight again, you know? Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It, so, so too bad we didn't get one shot of him like, changing course a little bit then we would have known but that would have been a little too obvious i guess i did have fantasies that he was going to pull a neo and like put his hand out and the arrows just stop yeah just freeze in the air and everyone's like what you know i mean but there are a lot of you know holes like even with the arrows like with rickon like he could have yelled like run sideways like you know, it it, it, it kind of was a little bit, like you said, like like little tropes of like normal, your common hero stories. But the battle went good. And that game that he played with Rick on with the arrows, that was sick. Oh, I have to I, say, I, wait, I have to disagree with you for a second here because I think that the way they shot that, that they pulled their last shot of him or, or even hearing him shoot that last arrow was really good and if i had read that on a page i would have thought ah this is going to come off like cheating you know set it up set it up then he's just gets shot when he's just there but i think it worked and it was horrifying man that oh was, yeah i meant to see them all the other arrows land and just go into his head and oh i wasn't saying it was bad i was saying like you could 
you could say that, but oh, it, okay. it it was it was it got me like it got me in the heart. Like I I saw the miss and I'm like, all right, awesome. Maybe these guys are like stormtroopers. And then just as John's right near him, wow, right, and you see it go right through. It, it was oh, it, that that was cool because you know to see also that you know they that whole side was like loaded with the arrows, and then the northerners. They didn't have really any protection, no helmets. So they, there was a lot of loss from the archers mm-hmm. and, and just starting with, with Rickon. And it was just, it was really, really well done. What did that you was got? Su- Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say that was such a super powerful part of the episode for me, because to me, uh, not only was it shot beautifully and, and uh, just so intensely. And of course my heart broke to see Rickon get so close and not make it um you know that's all great that's just fantastic television uh i don't want to even look at it as a realist like some people are i just think it was fantastic television and then john be unhorsed and the way those horses were coming at him um that was all just so epic and what made it even more epic for me and made me root for john snow probably harder than i ever have before was the fact that he was knew it was over and he raised his sword anyway. I mean, how superhero is that? I, and, and you can say, well, it's been done a thousand times. But nah, not in that way. Because he is horrified by the fact that his little half-brother or step-brother or whatever um, has, has died. Uh, and he knows it's over for him. And he's just like, I'm going to take as many of you guys out as I possibly can. I, I just, I was just... I, I, that's one point where I stood up and I just kind of was like, go, John, go, go, John, go. You know, I just, when that sword came up, I was just, I was just like, I didn't expect the other, I knew the other guys were catching up, but I thought that he would take like a horse or two out and duck or something like that. They didn't go that route. Instead, they went to this other super surprising big crash. But losing Rickon is really tough for me because we, um, book readers, we still have a lot left to think about as far as Rickon goes. And and so this might point to the fact that all these things we've been thinking about as far as Rickon goes might not be the case. We don't, we don't know how far Dave and Dan went with the bullet points with George. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where, where the books turn out in that case. Sorry, your book just got spoiled. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you know, uh, lots of things that we feel like have spoiled the books this season. And I don't care, man. It's, it's like, you know, if George is going to take as long as he is to write books, then I'm I want to see the story. I, I have a feeling that you might get one more book out of him. So the, the, enjoy you got to enjoy it, like you said. Just enjoy the show and hope for what you get with the books. But it, it's fun right now. It, it's great where oh, everybody's at on, on like similar pages, and we're all you know nobody knows what's going on for real. Like it's it's it, it's fun right now. So what what did you guys think of Ram? Let me ask you this. Was it when Davo said, don't bother, we'll be shooting our own men that you figured out what Ramsey was doing? Or when did you kind of figure out that this was his plan from the very beginning? Well, I mean, that was kind of like it brought it to your attention right there. I, I wasn't sure. Like I was paying, looking for little things from based on what Sansa told John about, you know, he's not going to fight you conventionally. He's going to have a trick for you. And, you know, I kind of like, at first I was like, 
maybe she's right. You know, that sounds silly, but then I was like, maybe she's right. So I was looking for stuff. And then that kind of like right away told you what was going on. And John, when, when John went out there, it was like, Oh no, you're falling in right into it. And then the other guys had no choice to go get his back. And it, it, it worked. I mean, it, it, you know, it really worked well and watching it from the, the height, like it wasn't fully height, like overhead, but it was at such a good angle that you could see the formations like forming. And, and it was really well done for, for that because a lot of times you can't understand in these big, huge, you know, massive battles, how these guys are, are strategically moving against each other. And now you see it. And when they circle them, it was just, I mean, it, it just came out amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't figure it out until they showed the wide of it, you know, but then it dawned on me. I just realized that he was killing his own men. And I thought, because Ramsey's a sadist, you know, that mm-hmm. of course he would pick a strategy that involves sacrificing all his men. Um, and I had for a moment thinking, would the other guys kind of start to realize that, but of course they were doing it. So it just goes to show, you know, and I like the introduction of that. Matt, is he from the books? The guy who was kind of Ramsey's general? Uh, the Karstark fellow? Yeah, that was that oh, it was. Okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. He was great. Yeah. Uh, there's a few Karstarks and a, and a few okay. other uh, 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 Umbers. Karstarks and Umbers both uh, are in uh, in in the books, but... It, they never really made it clear to me which ones they were supposed to be in the television show. I don't care. I just know that some car starts and some umbers were lined up with Ramsey and I hated them for it from that moment on. So. <laughs> well, that main guy who I guess, Oh, was that little John umber or something like oh, okay. that? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the guy who came to him and was awesome before that? And then, and then ended up getting killed by Tormund. Uh, that was a little surprising. One, one died, but everybody else, seem to survive of course ramsey gets his face eaten off which was a great shot and they had to do it you know you knew they were going to do that you just knew it and they had to do it and the the taste of the blood at first was perfect that was yeah that was sick man oh that was thank you thank you dave and dan for redeeming the whole reason matt quit appreciate it there you go yes yeah well and and for me you know all of that aside, uh, for me, Sansa's smirk paid it all off. Yeah, and I, I mean, loved her in this episode. I, I don't think all her choices were right, well, but I, I loved her in this episode. Yeah, let's 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 talk about just like say like from her her perspective, like what what went on. Like so, you know, she was right away ready to write off Rickon. She was, you know. Wanted to be a little bit in the strategy. She was warning John about what you know what Ramsey was going to do, and and she didn't really speak up enough. And when at the end, when you saw the whole scene when when uh, the the Knights of the Vale rolled up, she almost looked like she was ready to to give up John also. And, and it was almost like like she's like you know what. I don't care at this point and she's going to win and she's going to lead somehow. And that kind of makes me nervous. I, I know that, you know, Donald has a lot of problems with, with Sansa, but I was a little worried that she's changed a little bit. And that last stare, 
that smile, that smirk. Now she's with Littlefinger. It, it, she could be the one that turns out to be real nasty. I think that's really interesting, Tim. Um, I hope it's not the case, but I can see why you would certainly think that. Um, Sansa <laughs> has been through enough to turn her into kind of an evil bitch, hasn't she? Yeah, it would make, you know, I would I would buy into it without even questioning because, to, you know, to go from a snot to being like, you know, like abused and, and you know, picked on by many different people through, a, you know, a good few, you know, couple seasons. And then now to be in a spot to, to get revenge and to feel power and to taste power that 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 could easily change you. Yeah. You know, I get the feeling because what I found really interesting was when she said to John, you didn't even ask me. And I feel like if we're going to get a scene, who knows if it's next episode or next season, or if we skip past, who knows? Well, anyway, I would say we might get a scene where John says, did you know little, why didn't you tell me little finger was coming? And then she says, well, you never asked me. (laughs) Why should I, I've, I like, I mean, almost like she just doesn't trust anybody. You know, and she was keeping the cards close to the vest. And when it came down to it, I did get a kind of detached feeling like that, Tim. And I, it was kind of like she was like sitting there kind of watching, you know, John was still in kind of mortal danger at one point when she was kind of looking there. The the veil guys were coming in, but I don't know. It was a little bit detached. And I had said before, I wonder if as a part of this little finger... Because really, what's interesting is that um, – well, I'll start. I'm sorry. I'll keep it on on Sansa. I like the direction you're going, Tim. She also had the line that no one can protect me. No one can protect yeah. anyone. Yep. So she, she just – you know, she can't even trust her own brothers, like even her half-brother. You know, even Theon lived with her and all that, that shit he was involved with. So, like, she doesn't trust anyone anyone even bail you know bailish sold her out right now she's probably just riding the wave and and seeing how far she could take it and it, it's it's kind of cool that she could turn into this nasty person that you know but you know not that everybody would want it because we like the starks but maybe she needs to rule like that we'll see what i was thinking and it does have to do with her is you know bailish executed basically um, the same move all up until the end that he proposed with Cersei, right? He said to Cersei, we're going to let Stannis and uh, Roos go at it. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to pick off the victor because they'll both be so battle-worn. Whoever wins will probably barely win. But he didn't do that. He waited. He knew, I, I guess he knew that Stannis was going to be defeated and he wasn't interested in the battle at that time strategically. So this time he comes in, it must be because he knows what's going on in King's Landing and doesn't have to hold himself to what Cersei's wants anymore. Um, and perhaps, I, I don't know, Matt, you might better understand, would he try to marry, was, wasn't Sansa again promised to Robin? Or did he just make that up? Or she thought that. No, that's, and her, then, that's her cousin. I know. But I, I thought that at some point. 
there was I, talk I think of that, that Lisa had had kind of thought of that. Oh, okay. okay. Wasn't it Lisa? It, I, rather than Littlefinger. Um, and I wouldn't put that beyond Littlefinger putting That's that in That's what I'm head. saying. Because yeah. what happens now if – now, what areas does Littlefinger control, Matt? Right now, Littlefinger has control of the Vale, which is the easternmost part. That's where John Aaron is from, the first hand of the king that died right at the very beginning of season one in the premiere episode. That's what sent Robert up to the yep. up to Winterfell. Um, and Robin Aaron is John and Lysa Aaron's son. Um, but he, here's the thing that I'm, and this is great that you guys are bringing up this stuff about Littlefinger because was did Littlefinger come to Sansa's aid? out of any kind of remorse for what happened with her to with Ramsey w- was he did he clearly just not know anything about Ramsey you would think that word about the the bastard of Bolton uh would have been well known especially to the guy who knows everything right um maybe he doesn't have various little birds but uh he se- sure does seem to have a lot of information or did he come to Sansa's aid out of political gain does he think that he can somehow get power in winterfell as well as having in the veil uh in order to build a a larger force even though he i don't know if he knows about the white walkers or not um that might put a damper on any of his moves south um or is it simply for the fact that just like blackfish said last week you know sansa is exactly like her mother and I really do feel like Littlefinger, his one weakness was always Catelyn. Is it just the fact that Sansa asked him and because he wants Sansa for himself someday that he came to her aid? I, There's got to be more, man, because what, what I was tra- – I'm sorry to interrupt him, but I just want to – Because I thought – and I think they did something like this on the After the Thrones, the HBO thing. Um, where they showed the map and they showed that Littlefinger has the veil, but didn't he also get something else from Cersei? Har- he got Heron Hall, okay. but Heron Hall is just a subsidiary of River Run, which is now under Frey control. Okay, okay. It's a great tax base, but well, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with actual power. Okay, so what I'm thinking is if there's going to be more political stuff and if Sansa, unbeknownst to John, already kind of made a deal. And maybe they propose something where Sansa would be the Lord of Winterfell um, or they serve as like co-wardens of the North. Or maybe even they he pledges his forces to John and they say, let's continue. Let's take out the phrase next. Let's take let's continue down to King's Landing. And then it kind of ties in whatever we see in the next episode I don't. I think there's got to be Littlefinger. I do think he's obsessed with Sansa in the way he was obsessed with her mother, but he's always got a plan, and he. Okay. Wa- I think he wants to take more. Well, he I, wants it all, right? Yeah. I think that that you guys are like pretty much right on the money, and I think it's the more the third choice of Matt's is that he's he felt that she's just like Cat. And he's in love with her and his emotions are blinding his rationality of the way he's been running things. So this is actually working into Sansa's favor because I think she's playing off of that. And I, like you said, a team up, I think Sansa's looking at it as a power team up as he would be looking at it as a romance team up. But 
when you see the big picture, I think they would, they're both going to get together. Nah, and I don't, I, I would I think do. it's more like Bill and Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're kind of, they're a power couple, man. I think that she wants to step up and right. I think that he digs, he's going to dig that more because Catelyn wasn't really ever into that. So now they can be like, it's like when Ramsey had his plaything. Now Littlefinger and Sansa can be mutually enjoy their kind of uh, relationship or something and have some kind of power. And I would think that he'd even go so far as to kind of think he was tricking John, that the White Walker like pledge his army to John and say, but hey, John, we can't fight the White Walkers just with this. We got to we got to take all the Westeros thinking the whole time that really John is tripping and there's no white walkers. You know what I'm saying? And he's just Mm -hmm. playing a political ploy and using this crazy kid who was reborn or whatever to Littlefinger. It just doesn't even matter because he just wants the power. But I think Sansa might like what you were saying, Tim might really be in for that. Yeah. The power, both like super power couple. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I can tell you guys, you know, of, of course, Dave and Dan gave Sansa a totally different storyline uh, than anything that had finished up in the books because they'd pretty much gotten to to the end of the books by the end of season four. But I, I can also tell you that as a book reader, uh, some of us as fans of Sansa have always hoped to see Sansa play Littlefinger the way seemingly that Littlefinger has played Sansa in some cases. Um, now, whether that was just to the end of, of you know, getting her own kind of satisfaction and just seeing that character grow and and just be at Winterfell, that w- I would be fine with that. But if there's something bigger than that, um, I still feel like they have a lot of groundwork to lay with Sansa being conniving or cunning to be able to outthink Littlefinger in that way. So, um, yeah. Right now, uh, if if the two of them were to go power couple, I just feel like that she would still need some of Littlefinger's assistance. I don't think she's learned everything yet. Um, and Donald, I know, has trumpeted that quite a bit, too. So yeah. I kind of agree with Donald there on that. Okay. So to let everybody out there know, Donald thinks Sansa ruined everything. And he gives no credit to any of this to Sansa, even though she wrote the letter to Littlefinger because... She could have done this a while ago and this, you know, saved a lot of death. And, you know, he wanted us to convey that to everybody out there. But this is this is mostly Sansa's fault. Well, I, but you know what? I, I think so. Surpri- yeah, I think surprisingly, though, Donald might like this theory of her kind of turning to the dark side, you know, or is she, you know, I think that might be an interesting way to go. Um I'm I'm trying to think the battle itself was just so overwhelmingly awesome that mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to just keep on talking about how awesome <laughs> the battle was. I like that we talked about that John stuff. Um so they did fly the Stark banner back at Winterfell, right? Yeah. That was awesome. Yay. No um, longer Bolton fell. Yeah, and interesting that they didn't, you know, they didn't fly the little finger banner or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that, that happened. So we know that that's kind of where it stands. Um, but uh, I don't know, Matt, do you have anything else you want to kind of talk about as far as this battle goes? Well, I, again, rest in peace. Wound wound, my favorite giant of all time. Um, poor guy. 
gave his last doing whatever and took one in the eye for the team. Um, that was really sad. That was sad for me. And of course, Rick and Steph was really sad for me. I know we already talked about that, but I was destroyed by that. Um, what else destroyed me? Uh, just those shots of him get of John getting trampled. I, that's the most scared. I mean, that's, that's what made that whole don't bring me back thing very real for me in that moment. And, and that camera angle where the bodies were just continuing to pile up. That was amazing. I mean, this director who was the director for hard home also, um, he has such a great way of encapsulating your, you know, fear and, and, and just being on the edge of your seat in a way that, uh, I don't know any other director, you know, I love the Blackwater episode. I love that battle. I thought it was fantastically done. They were on a much more limited budget back then. Um, and that director did a fantastic job as that. And that same director did the battle at the wall with the wildlings, but Hardhome and this, as far as battle episodes far, you, you feel much more like you're in it. You feel much more like you're just fantastically, you know, scared. You feel like it's happening to you. And that's what was really scary about it. Yeah, definitely. That, that was, that was so intense. Like, uh, I, I used to go to a lot of hardcore shows and some metal shows, and I always, always would go up, try to squeeze my way up front. And right in back of you is always the pit when you're up front. And it, sometimes you fall. And that that fear and that feeling when you're down, and it's so hard to get back up unless, you know, usually someone grabs you after a, a little bit. But that feeling is is intense. And John's faces, like, I felt like all of that. Mm. It, it was so good now that said i have a uh, uh sansa's lemon cake or matt's tomato as they used to be known to, on that part he did make his way out he gets all the way up on the hill he gets to all the way to see ramsey and he's got long claws still like i, I, I mean you're getting trampled how does that make it out with you i mean it's a small thing but I had to bring it up. It was bothering me. <laughs> Good on you, Tim. Good on you, man. We'll chalk it up to the magic, man. You know, yeah, the, the magic, ma- ha- magic has a plan, baby. All right. I'm in with that. He had, one, yeah. he had one of those things like surfers have. It was like a bungee cord attached to the end of the sword. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The leash, the leash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Rickon thing, yeah, crazy. There was something that you had mentioned, Matt, that I, I, um, that I kind of wanted to pick up on, but it's just all. Co- oh, this is what I wanted to say. I'd have to look back at this, and I'd have to look back at Hard Home. But I think one of the things that I appreciate and what makes it more realistic to me is I don't think anything was in slow motion. Yeah, I don't speak. think this guy used any slow mo, and I like that because that's so played out. Like the Michael Bay, like, you know, like it just, uh, so I kind of like it. I li- and I like the high speed, like it looks like it's in a different uh, frame rate when it gets closer. Just really fantastic camera work and direction. It, it, and yeah, when he, there was a time, it made me think I was at a Jets game and I, I can't, I think it was a, I think it was uh I don't know if it was a playoff game against Kansas City or Cleveland or something. And they, uh, did you ever go to Giant Stadium, Tim? Sure thing. So you know, if you parked in the outside in the the farther parking lot, you had to go over like those cow tunnels yep. over the highway. 
and I was in one of those and it started get just getting packed. The people in the front weren't going because it was like a fight or something. And people kept on coming from behind. And my sister and I and my dad were like getting, everybody was like getting, sque- it, I'll never forget that. And, well, uh, but, oh yeah, that was, they really, man, I was feeling uh, really claustrophobic. When you say that this and hard home were very similar like that, it, to me, I feel like the whole reason was because nobody had this face of like complete uh th- like it's confidence a lot of people were scared yeah, even the, yep. even Ramsey's guys didn't look like like really confident they were frightened and i think that tension of the people in it not being like you know want, i'm a hero i'm going to kill everyone like that makes it more real and it it it, it really was emotional these battles and it was so good Definitely. Most definitely. All right, Tim, anything you want to add about the battle of the bastards? No, I just, I just can't wait to watch it again. I'm glad we got to talk about it and all these different angles. And it was just a beautiful battle. It, it's, it's, it's so, it's so hard to, to talk about actual things that happen in a battle, you know, styles and whatnot, when it's of this magnitude, it's just, it's just awesome. And it, it that's all I can really say. I cool. loved it. Cool. Um, do you want to, and now I'll ask you both the same question. Do you think we're going to see any more of Winterfell and John and Sansa and Littlefinger and all that? Or do you think we're out from them, Matt? Uh, I do think we need at least one more Winterfell check-in. Um, if nothing else, then figuring out who is now going to be controlling Winterfell, be it John, is John going to go back to the wall, which is kind of my inclination um and and leave Sansa and possibly Littlefinger both there or what? I, I I just feel like we need at least one little, if nothing else, a five minute check in there. Okay, I I agree. I, I I'm going to say we're going to get at least two scenes, maybe mm. six minutes. I'm going to top you. All right, I hope so, <laughs> and I think so too. This is the big episode that's going to be so long. Finally, next week, right? Yeah, well, they, they're saying 69 minutes. Now, when, I mean, I don't know if they are including like the previously on and then the, the that little five minute afterwards yeah. thing, but if it's 69 minutes of episode, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I agree with you both. I think we need to kind of settle that up. I think it'd be awesome to see a scene with Littlefinger and John, you know, like Littlefinger, John, Davos, Tormund, maybe Melisandre. Sansa, um, kind of all in their battle. What's the next step? Um, the North, the Northern Council, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think they're, yeah. and I, and I kind of think they're going to lay out something like I was saying. I think, I think John might want to go back to the Wall, but the question is, with with what army, and doesn't he need more people? And you know, I don't know. I could just see Littlefinger trying to connive this somehow, still politically not believing him, but. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see it. So I, I, I think there's time for it. Um, so I did not watch the preview. Did you guys watch the preview for next week? No, I, I don't watch it until we do we do this show after the show because I don't want it to influence what we talk about. Okay, Matt? Yeah. I didn't see it either. Me neither. Uh, I was trying to switch straight over to Penny Dreadful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So so now we can continue with non-spoilery uh talk about what we think might happen next week. And I just have to say, man, just like Tim said, Tim had, I have to lay down here 
at the feet of the true theory master DJ Tim Hines, who picked up on this way early and brought, I, I can almost remember, I got to go back and find it. And you were like, yeah, you know, I have something to say about the wildfire or something. And I totally think that's what's going to happen. I think King's Landing is going to burn. Tyrion just, I mean, come on. Yes, there's wildfire. And it's not only in the Sept of Baelor, it's in the Red Keep. And it's in, like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a little obvious. It was a little heavy-handed. You know, but I still think I got to just throw in my prediction that the Sand Snakes are going to sneak in and kill Tommen. They've got to have a part in this. I don't even think it's mine. I think probably a lot of people said it. I, I don't know if your prediction is going to happen, though. Getting to Tommen, that's going to be tough. I just, the only reason, look, we all have our ride or die theories. For me, it's that Cersei is going to go hog wild, and then I think Jamie's going to kill her to stop her from burning everything, or or she's going to die. I've just, I'm, I think DJ Tim Hines was right when he said this early. And it's become more and more obvious that it's going to happen. And one of the ways to get her completely unhinged would be like a sand snake or someone sneaking in and taking out Tommen, which would then drive her crazy. But then you'd think, would they even have her trial still? You know, like, could they hit us with that, that he gets killed and then they're still like, no, you still have to have your trial. So she's just like screw this they're all going down i know that's crazy man it's 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 why that's a that's a interesting thought of what's going to happen i mean it's i i feel like we're going to get at least it's with all this time it's going to be at least half the episode is going to be in king's landing now they're going to have to like like we said before you know i think they're going to check in with danny a little bit at least once we got a little king's landing I mean, uh, a little uh, Winterfell, but I never even really thought about the Sand Snakes because we went there early and we hadn't seen them the whole season. So there there could be something that they're involved with. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the episode is going to be focused on uh, the the High Septon and the Faith. And and we're going to see like more of Marjorie and Tommen playing with the High Septon and and like setting that up. And then... I think it's all going to not make a difference in the end, because like you said, I think maybe some the sand snake killing Tom is cool, but I think Tom is going to go somehow and Cersei's going to snap because that prophecy came true. And it just, it, it and then all hell is going to break loose. So it's, I, I kind of dig what, you know, where you're at. Hmm. I, what do you think, Matt? Well, uh, I have a slightly different approach to Dorne. I do think we're going to see it again, but I think we're going to see Dorne proper. I think we're going to see Varys at Dorne. That's who I think the friends are that he was going to see. Um, it's either that or we'll see Varys in King's Landing. And uh, what other? I was three for four on my not bold predictions this week. I was happy about that. Um, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm great at making bold. not bold predictions. Everybody's <laughs> great at making not bold predictions, right? Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I can even miss, you know, 25% of those sometimes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, definitely. I'm Tim, as I told you off mic, I, I, the whole wildfire thing that you put together early. Um, I would not have been a person had I been podcasting at the time that, to really believe it. I know that you were keeping track of the wildfire, like you said, um, even as far back as a couple of years ago. 
But I, I just think that uh, it's fantastic that you came up with that so early. And when I went back and listened to the all of the small council podcasts, I was just like, gosh, man, that that's just that's wild, man. That's crazy. And then as the season has gone on, I even had put a poll out on my own Twitter saying, you know, was a, is the wildfire thing just too obvious? And and, you know, a good portion of the people said yes, but uh it's it was only obvious because they made it so and that was long after dj tim hines had come through with a massive theory i i do like the idea axel of jamie being uh in on uh in king's landing during cersei's trial i think that's why we had all the expediency at river run last week um don't know what's going to happen there yeah well i think the jamie thing you know look i'm open i just think that he'll be part of this you know I could mm. see him having to do again, be the Kingslayer and stop someone from trying to burn down King's Landing. I could see him saying, it's me and you against the world, Cersei. Let's do it together. I could see him arriving afterwards and being a broken man. Um, but I do, I do think that he will be involved with that. We'll see his reaction to it. And I mm. have a stronger feeling that he'll play a bigger part in it. See, I think I think it's all going to happen while he's on his way back, and Cersei's going to bite it, and mm-hmm. he he's going to snap, yeah, and he's yeah. gonna, he's going to be like crazy Jamie. Oh well, how about well, I I mean we could speculate endlessly, but he gets back. She's done. She's burnt down the sept and killed all them. All hell is breaking loose, and he does what the he's the one who decides to do what the uh, mad king wanted to do that he had he's trapped there and he's just like fuck it burn it all down well that, does that, that was my original theory you know jl plus wf jamie lannister plus wildfire oh so. real see i forgot we go in and out there you go man i let yo seriously yo, dj where were you during lost mythos I was listening to you guys learning, learning how to theorize <laughs> correctly about TV shows and what to be looking for. T-Hustler. And A-Hustler, shout out to you. Looking for you on that outrigger. Well, I have to go with A-Hustler's ride and die theory, and I'd like to hear Matt and DJ comment on this, if we could. Sure. That, Sam, that uh, Arya will somehow return to King's Landing to kill Cersei, if not this final episode but early on next season well she's just about all that's on his on Arya's list isn't she i guess right yeah think about it most everyone's dead right i mean the mountain's still alive but she kind of gave him a pass it seemed like he's off the list Mm-hmm. I don't know. She has va- lists of varying lengths, does she not? <laughs> the uh, list I mean, has, has definitely gotten shorter over the yeah. seasons, and maybe that's just because they've run out of uh, – the actors got, aren't available to get killed anymore. But knows? then didn't it get longer again, like the last time the people were back on it? I don't remember. But anyway, no. I, I don't I don't think that this is – I think Cersei's going to meet her end before – and I think she's going to meet her end by her own hand. I think she's going to commit suicide by fireside or whatever you would call it. But um, what do you think, Matt? You know, you think you, you think uh, you think she'll Arya will get her revenge. I, I'm almost just kind of convinced that what Arya said to Jockin was verbatim. I think that she's going to try and make it back to Winterfell. Yeah. Yep. Tim. Uh- 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, and I hope we see a little bit of it. At least they're getting on a ship, like knowing that 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 something happened because we gotta we gotta get a little bit of resolution to to you know her stomach wounds and all this stuff that everybody's freaking out about. If she's <laughs> why she should shouldn't have you know lived or died or all the crazy stab wound theories. I've been listening, reading stuff, people posting online like doctors and i've i've conferred with a doctor that you could live from that and all this crazy stuff so oh, wow. i i really want to like just at least know what's going on with Arya. uh you know it, i i don't know i don't know if she's gonna go as far as killing cersei because there was parts of th- this season where it looked like she like felt cersei's pain so like maybe she's growing and gonna give her some sympathy um it, it it's hard to tell Interesting. But shout out to A Hustler for coming up with that. I mean, that's as good as anything. <laughs> um, I uh, I do want to throw out a couple more uh, type theories, but before I do, I do want to say that Tim, I liked your idea of Marjorie trying to maneuver too, and I think that that's that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope we see something like that. Because she was definitely maneuvering. So I'd like to see the end game. And I'd like to see if again. It kind of is preempted by someone else. You know what I mean? It's like. She pulled out her. The Queen of Thorns. And Jamie and Cersei were pulling out their thing. And Marjorie pulled out hers. Now is it going to be Marjorie tries to pull something. And Cersei does it like. You know. Because we've been talking about this. Marjorie going to try to be the all in one. You know, because mm-hmm. the people like her. So could she be trying to play the high sparrow? Or we we could really not get any of this and get a, you know, 60 minute episode of the Tower of Joy story. Oh, and, Brand, and, and know about what been, you know, recheck in with Bran. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think we're going to see that, Matt? I would love to. You know, I mean, they've already now, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the show goes, they've basically given the same kind of math for everybody to do on the show as they've given book readers to do. Um, This season, I feel like really firmly finished that uh, debate as to whether you can talk about it on TV podcasts or not anymore. I last season, I was a little iffy, but uh, this season, definitely not. Um, Do Dave and Dan. The only thing I wonder is. Are Dave and Dan trying to honor the spirit of the books by not giving us a final confirmation? I think that they should, um, because I think it's it's the one fan universal fan theory that is correct. But um, whether they will do it or whether they will still leave a little bit of math to do throughout the course of the show, but I don't know. But what if it, it truly means something? Like when we need to know that, and, and then we kind of like need that reveal. Well, uh, there may be a time in the future when we do, yeah. Tim, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody's wondering if George will do a, a direct confirmation in the books at some point, too. So I think it depends on uh, where the story is going for John personally, whether he's just going to be up there at the wall or whether there are royal blood ramifications that need to be explored as far as the story goes. Yeah, I like what you said, Tim, and that's why I had thought they might have done it before this battle to kind of show John's importance. You know what I mean? Similar to the way you talked about the Melisandre scene, Matt, that it would like raise the stakes 
if we sure. found out that information that he was that R plus L equals J is true and he is this special fire and ice thing, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. that means, if it means anything, right. uh, other than him finding out who his mom and dad are. Um, so, but yeah, it's interesting. That's why I could see but, us not seeing it next yeah, time. Yeah, but even if we do see it, doesn't mean that John's going to know it. All it's going right, to mean is right, that Brand, right, Brand right. is going to reveal it to us. Right. right. And that's, that's, that makes sense of why would it be important for us to know that. And it gives Bran also purpose to link back up with John. Maybe, to, maybe he has to tell him maybe oh, something yeah. that's in the tower that, that like would be like, holy cow, you could kill the white walkers by so-and-so. And, and you know, you never know what he's going to reveal in the tower. So oh, it's it, it, great. And, and that, that leaves us, you know, wanting to, Oh, we got to, John's got to know this. And, and now next season we, you know, we want to see that. That's a great point, Tim. And, and I like what you said at, we don't know what else they might reveal because perhaps for all we know, that revelation could lead to more visions or something we see that puts it into context for us in a way that you're right. Is it is relatable to the greater war, you know? Um, so that's, yeah, that's a good, I hope we see that. I hope we see that. I think we're done with Arya unless Mm -hmm. she's just on a boat. Right. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. I don't even know if we'll see Arya at all in the next episode. Uh, it it felt like, it felt like, uh, it felt like no one was a a great way to end her story for the season. I agree. I agree. You agree, Tim? No, but I mean, I just want (laughs) to see it. That's all. Okay. How about Sam? You think we might see Sam? I think we have to. Uh, I mean, maybe quick check-in, but there's not much reason. I mean, unless, unless, cause now when we see Sam, I want to see them all at the Citadel. So if they, so if they're not there yet, like I just, I don't want to watch Sam walking around again, like oh, have another conversation with Gilly. So <laughs> to do that all in the last episode to me would be like, like too much. Okay. So I, I I don't think we'll see Sam. I kind of agree with Matt. I think they need something to frame what we've seen. Um, so I, I, I kind of think they do have to just check in a, a little bit. Maybe it's a quick scene. Um, but um, who, el- who else? Uh... Jorah. Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see Jorah. No. Not yet. I don't think so either. But I think I think he is gonna do something, find something magical. Yeah. Well, he talks about a shy all the time. Maybe he should go there. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. Yeah, book readers have never even seen a shy, so I want to see a shy. I want to know what that is. Uh, but I don't think we'll see Jory either. Really, to be perfectly honest, okay. um, I think we, well, we got to see Bran and Benjen and Mira, right? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Whether yeah. or not we get Tower of Joy stuff or something like that, I think we're definitely going to see them. Yeah, I kind of got a, a prediction about that. I, I just feel like, you know, so much emphasis was placed on the that mark that the Night's King put on him. Uh, and this is not my own construction. A lot of people have thought about this. But um, there's so much emphasis was placed on that mark on him and how the Night King can now track him because of that mark. I just have a feeling that uh, Bran is going to be the reason that the White Walkers find a way to breach the wall. 
Yeah, I've heard that too. And that I, I, I would think though, Matt, that the introduction of cold Benjamin or uh, Ben Hands or Jen Cold <laughs> um, yeah. or um, or Flonase or whatever it is, um, is to, to tell him that he can't cross the wall. To tell him that that mark would somehow have something to do with magic or they could find him. And if he crosses, they're going to come for him. I, I just, I feel like Bran is going to be stuck up there trying to figure out a way to influence what's happening and won't be able to cross the wall if for fear of allowing them to cross. But maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But you said earlier, you think this is going to, you think this next episode is going to end with the white walkers coming through the wall or at the wall or up, up the wall or at the wall or, or something like that. I just kind of have a feeling that that would be a great cliffhanger. If you're not going to do King's landing, just blowing up and us not knowing what happens to it, that would also be a great cliffhanger for the season. So there's a couple of possibilities they could go, but mine, you know, that after, after hard home, after, you know, that after the door, this episode, I, I just feel like we need one more white Walker check-in. And I think that that would be a great way to do it. Uh, and I like your, I, I like your point about Bran having to stay north of the wall. I hadn't really considered that, but that's a, I think that's really valid. Okay, cool. Tim. Yeah, no, uh, it, that's definitely going to mean something. He, it, and, and we don't know also how fast the Knights King can move really, if he's going to, you know, would go with just the, the, the horsemen or if you would go with the whole, the whole army. So it's, it's could take time or, you know, he could be, moving faster to brand. So it, it could be like a chase type thing, mm. uh, but, but it, it's definitely going to play out again. We're going to see something again with that. That's important. Cool. Very. Cool. All right. Um, I mean, we've covered a lot. I think it's been fantastic to have you back, Matt. I'm just so happy that you're here to talk about stuff with us. I just want to throw out one more crazy theory because I've wanted someone with extensive book knowledge like yourself to be able to tell me I'm totally and completely wrong or maybe I'm on to something. Okay. I already, maybe you, maybe you might've heard me say it in a podcast, but I was, I'm talking about that theory I had that this relore or that this, uh, on the fire side whether it's through these priestesses or like you were saying, I, cause I always get mixed up to where these magical cities and Essos are, um, that there is an actual being that will, will be entered like, like kind of, you know, this world lost heads, like the kind of introduction of a re of there really is Jacob and there really is the smoke monster. You know, there really is relore and there really is a, anti to the white walkers and whether or not it's good or bad who knows but is there anything in the books because there's stories of is there stories of relore and that kind of blood dark magic or whatever from over in essos as there are of the white walkers and such uh literally in the books we've never met any of the gods um, or had any indication that they actually exist. What I, one thing that I love about George's books is that he can ha- take a single instance like the comet 
going overhead when, you know, at the end of or at the beginning of season two. And he can make whole diverse peoples have totally different interpretations on it based on their culture, based on their religion. But it's still the same comet. So I have always maintained that there is no real gods um, or if there is, there's only one real God. Um, now, the books does mention in terms of the Relore legend, it mentions something called the Great Other, which is the opposite of Lore, which would be ice and fire. Right. Um but there, there's, there's no mention of their actual existence. Only legends of actually their descendants doing things. Azora High is was allegedly, you know, uh, Relore reborn in human form, and a kind, a kind of a Jesus Christ kind of thing, right? Oh, okay. So that's what I'm. Okay, so. See, I was thinking more along the lines of like a creature like the children or the White mm-hmm. Walkers or like a kind – and maybe I was going down the wrong path there because you're right. I, I forgot that that is – that's the reincarnation. So that's who they're thinking John is or Danny is. Right. That, that uh, John is uh, reborn as Azora High who is what once walked the earth during the long night as well who was probably somebody else who was reborn as Azor High. The, the Azor High is, is another tribute to George's kind of um, approach to the fact that history repeats itself. Um, so that that's part of it. Um, but I think, Axel, and you brought up something very interesting, and that is that uh, there are several theories out there that there really is only one magic, even, and it's been disseminated down through all of the different cultures. And because of whatever their culture is or what it does, they've interpreted that magic in different ways and, and given gods to the to that magic. You know, how is it that a person can put on the face of a dead person and suddenly be the same height as that person? You know, it, that's some kind of magic, some kind of blood magic. And, and essentially the theory um, that I'm actually planning on covering at some point, it, it says that. Uh, all magic is the same. It's all blood magic in one way or another. Um, and that uh, maybe the gods really don't exist at all. It's just the magic is the God. Well, you know, I had an idea about that, Matt. I'm glad you're talking about that. I had thought that this planet, now I know I had asked on you on Twitter if it's Earth or not Earth, or let's not go down that past or future Planet of the Apes shit. But right on. Maybe this planet acts similar. Have you seen the or read the book, um, the film or the book Solaris? Or I'm not familiar with that story. So I'm sorry. It's like the planet is a conscious entity. And when it interacts with humans, they start to see uh, hallucinations or the planet actually shows them like, you know, their dead wife or their, you know what I mean? Like plays mm-hmm. with their mind. It interacts with them. So could this planet on it, cause everything's elemental fire and ice. It's like, it works through the magic is not bad or good. It's just a part of this world. It's almost like the science of this world is what we would consider magic. Cause mm. that's their, that's their laws of physics. It's just that these people don't understand it because they're kind of in, what are they in, like the silver or bronze age or, you know what I mean? That's what we right. can see, medieval times. 
Um, so they see it as magic, but really it's just that the physics, the science of this world is different and it's elemental and people can harness that through, mm -hmm. uh, thought and through confidence like Beric Dundarian, um, was brought back, not because he was relore, but it was because Thoros of Mir for, for the first time really believed the same with Melisandre. So it's like personal, like you can craft your own destiny. Like, is that what the lesson of this whole thing is, is that this is a world where thought becomes action. And if you believe something, so there really is not anything special about, you know, John or Danny or something, or maybe it's, again, I could also go on the other side. And I'm, maybe I'm getting too deep now that it's like DNA. The children did experiments and they were up north, and that's why John has the Stark stuff on that side. And on the other side, maybe they had left Essos to escape from whatever that magic was. And that's the evil, too. So, I don't know. We could go, you know, kind of crazy with it. But I'm interested in if that, to find out where that's been talked about in the book and what these magical cities in Essos are. Very interesting. Um, that's that's hugely meta, <laughs> Axel. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that you're far off base with that. I don't. I don't want to cite anything from the books that say one way or another because people interpret things in different ways. Um, people can say that. Uh, some people might point out that even in the television show, Jojen's waking up and saying that he saw John on the other side of the wall, and Danny seeing visions at the House of the Undying are the exact same come from the exact same source which could be the planet maybe something else i will throw this one little caveat out there uh which may add fuel to, to your theory and that is that in the books the children of the forest haven't always been referred to as that and i don't know if that's been mentioned in the television show or not so i don't want to go too far into this but the children of the forest also have the name that says the children who sing the songs of earth. Hmm. So uh, your whole idea about it being a planetary thing or the physics of the planet, I think I could buy into that completely. There's another podcast out there that has explored a lot of things about the history of Westeros and not history of Westeros podcast, which is great, but this is an astronomical podcast um, that posits that everything that happens that's magical in this world is due to um, some meteors that might have crashed on Planetos or, well, George calls it Earth in his world, um, but uh, that, they, that the crashing of, of these meteors um, might have induced magic into the world, too. So I, I, I don't know. You know, you could look at it from a multiple ways as to what the original source is. Yeah. But I just thought I'd throw that out to you about the children so that you could uh, continue to work on that. Well, that's so interesting, too, because we found out through and, you know, perhaps in the books it will be said as well about seeing how the White Walkers were created. It kind of goes against some of the other stories you know, some of the histories and lore and they maybe perhaps are just that. And, you know, histories change and things are obscured and reasons are hidden. But, um, I just am kind of fascinated with something like DJ Tim Hines that always bring up the stone men and how, mm -hmm. what part is that 
I don't know. It's just like there's such a balance to the show that I want to see more of that stuff. I want to see what's the, where did you say that you think Jorah might go? Oh, I was just just throwing a shy out there because he mentions it all. What, what's a shy? Is that where magic and people are? And I, allegedly in the books, it's a magical place. Okay, and I, I don't know if Jorah Jorah was saying, you know, if if Dave and Dan gave Jorah those lines simply because he does say it a couple of times in the books, and it was kind of a book shout out. Because George has never gone to a shy. We, we've never had a character go to a shy either. And all book readers are like, we want to go to a shy. And George has basically said, well, we're not going to go to a shy. Sorry, folks. So, um, you know, us as book readers are kind of disappointed in that. That doesn't mean the TV show wouldn't go there, though. That's what I love about the TV show being different. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that I could um, – uh, do you see a balance – um, Tim, you had had a kind of a theory about that, that maybe like the stone men were kind of the balance to the white Walker, you know, like they're kind of mindless, uh, turned men. And so are the whites. Maybe there's something that controls them like control. You know what I mean? That kind of balance yeah. on each side. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I kind of also thought that like the way the magic over like was the real, stuff on this planet instead of the religion and the people just started following religion and got distracted from the magic because it started disappearing and then you know once those dragon eggs hatched everything changed mm-hmm. so maybe maybe who knows the dragons could be the source of magic and and you know that's why it's back you, you don't there's just so you could go so far with this and now that you know to know that we're coming to the, the wrap-up I don't think they're going to go really far out there because it's just too much to explain. So, I mean, I, I would love to see it, don't, but it's just really hard to imagine how it would work. Yeah. I could see, I could see a, the books having a lot more, you know, because they have, if they are, if what are, I I'm under the impression of Matt, right. They're doing two more seasons of seven episodes. I think it, it, 16 total was the the, oh, okay. the thing that I heard. So maybe like eight and eight or oh. it might be less though. It might I be heard, less. I heard seven and eight, seven okay. and eight. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they've, they got a kind of, there's still a lot of ground to cover and who knows in which way it will go. Um, but I think if we do see in the next episode, King's landing kind of go down I think that would be a really interesting way of just chaos in the land and opens up for the armies to kind of get together to fight the white walkers. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the perfect setup. Yep. And, and uh, I'm sure you guys have mentioned this and I'm sorry if I don't recall what episode you did, but just, just the thought of think of Danny's vision in the house of the undying on the second season of the show. And, the big hole in the, in the red keep, you know, the big hole in the dome, probably wildfire. Right. That's what it's looking more and more like now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, We were, we were originally saying maybe dragons blew the roof off, but it doesn't make sense. Like it it makes more sense now that it blew up because it was, the whole thing was charred and it was snow was coming in there. So we know it was after winter came. So it, it, well, but some people have said to him that that wasn't snow. That was ash. Yeah, but it, no, I don't. I don't buy it. It was too white. Why would she be there for that? Unless I'm, it was. I'm like, just saying. I haven't like seen a, it in a while, so. Yeah, I haven't either. So, yeah. uh, anyway, but yeah, I think that uh, 
as far as as your whole i mean i always kind of took the stone men as as more of a plague kind of thing kind of a tribute to leprosy okay but that doesn't you know I, but that's open for interpretation in 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 the books as well. So uh, any answer that we the nice thing is is that as long as we have Brand surviving, he has now downloaded the whole history of the world allegedly. So you could easily and it would be kind of cheap. And I don't want to see Brand's character to reduce to this, but um, any subject where he's around could be brought up, and he could give us an answer for. Yeah, I just. Yeah, think- I'm just I'm sorry, Tim, but I just really I, I really liked what you said about them showing something else or the idea of them kind of framing the Tower of Joy stuff. Because I'm just thinking if as a as a casual TV watcher, you know, even if you have picked up on John being special or whatever, would you is that an episode ender? Well, it doesn't have to be. It could just be a check-in with Brand, but it's it's also like super fan service, especially yeah, just, for the readers. I know. I just like, think it so, has to be framed better, man. Like to just show that now, or he picks up like that because they're not going to be able to say like call him John Snow. You know what I mean? It's like Ethan. Uh, I think that it would. They're, they're going to have to frame it, but they could frame it also in a way that we're also smart enough to realize. Like yeah, but what's, what's the what? significance of it? What does when, it matter? You know, it doesn't need to be a name. She might just hand the baby off to to Ned. You know, Ned, I'll take care of it. You don't know what speech Ned will give. Like, it, and, you know, and that could might not even be even true. Any of that stuff, yeah. it might not even happen. But we have. But what back to the brand? Brand having all this knowledge and downloading everything is an easy out for them to explain stuff. Yeah. So like like it it, it actually works to speed along the show. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I was just thinking as, as after I said that there is without any magical or relore type reincarnation, uh, framing, there is the idea that John would then be, wouldn't, it wouldn't technically he be the heir before Danny. Yeah. Well, that's why it would be important, but that's Matt, only am I right if- about that. Yes, uh, Danny, as by the laws of Westeros, I mean, we've, we've seen, we saw Sansa say it tonight. She said, Rickon has a better claim on Winterfell than you as a bastard and me as an older sister. A woman, yeah. And, and Danny would essentially be John's aunt if R plus L equals J equals true. Right. But then John would be the. So son- he would be the direct heir because. Right. A- Ares was uh, Rhaegar's father, and if this is true, then Rhaegar would be John's father. So John would be the direct heir to the Iron Throne from the Targaryen side. Hmm. Interesting. So that is that is that alone is interesting. Without there being any, you know, magical fire and ice creation type thing mm-hmm. put on spin on it. Okay. And and something like you brought up earlier. Something you brought up earlier about Littlefinger trying to convince John uh, mm. to go south. Remember, Littlefinger knows the story of of Rhaegar and Lyanna. No. Now Sansa thinks that Lyanna was kidnapped and 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 raped, and that may be the case. It hasn't been confirmed one way or the other with book readers either. Uh, but nonetheless, I would think that maybe if Littlefinger knows what happened then, because I don't think he was at Heron Hall when that when that tourney happened. Uh, then he might know more information. He might already know who Jon Snow is. 
I love that, Matt. I love it. And I loved having awesome. I loved having you on the show. Tim, do you want to do you have anything else you wanted to say? I'd cut you off before. No, I mean that, I, I said it. It was about the easy convention of brand knowing everything that we can actually quick get knowledge if we need okay. it. But okay. yeah, th- th- this was a great podcast. We, we were. I feel like we were all putting good stuff out there. I, I'm really happy that you know we got to get Matt on tonight with us, and uh, uh, that's it. You know, Dara Gailey's people send us an email smallcouncilpod at gmail.com do it up baby tim's right man matt any last words any final words guys it was i it's been forever since i talked to you guys on a sunday night about an episode that just aired thanks so much for having me i had so much fun and you guys are bringing your a game with your thoughts and i i just you know i'm sitting back in awe of the way you guys are gleaming so much out of this television show and there were this episode was just fantastic. That's all. That's my final word. It's just like, if you don't like this episode, um, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Mm, Maybe wow. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to alienate some of our <laughs> listeners. But uh, for me personally, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, Matt, we learned it from watching you. All right. Uh, just right like on, the, remember that old ad? <laughs> I can, the kids sitting there and the dad's like all strung out. Um, I do want to give a shout out. To my brother-in-law, Kobe, and my sister-in-law, Suzanne, who have just caught up to Game of Thrones and are now caught up and watch this episode tonight. And they're super, I'm super excited that they're into this show now. And I hope that they'll be listening to the podcast. Um, I even had some theories from old friend Thaxton, my little brother, Ryan. So many people love this show. And it, uh, I'm, I'm just glad that we can do an episode like this. I mean, we've gone almost two hours, and I feel like we could just keep on going. It was fun the whole night. We thank everybody for downloading, for listening. Uh, once again, you can see us uh, on Twitter, at SmallCouncilPod. Email us, smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. Drop us an iTunes review. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back later this week with, um, I think we're just going to be able to get Donald and Mike uh, but anyway, we'll talk about the pod. I'm sure it'll be fun. Donald will have a lot to say, I'm sure. But for now, thanks again, Dara Gailey's. You're listening to The Small Council, a Game of Thrones podcast. Find us on Twitter at Small Council Pod. Email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.